Welcome to the Monterey Podcast. For more information, check out our website at montereychurch.com. Would you join me and let's begin with prayer this morning. God, we are grateful for the touch of Jesus in our lives. We confess our faith in you as the God of the universe, the God who is in control. We give you thanks for your grace and your love and your power that extends to our lives. And Father, we pray in a world that is often filled with uncertainty, and certainly that's the case in these days. In a world that is often filled with uncertainty and fear, we pray that we will be a people of faith. We pray that our faith in you will run deep. We pray not only that we will walk this journey of life with faith, but we pray that we will demonstrate that to all people that we come in contact with. May we be the presence of Christ. May we be the hands and the feet of Christ as well. God, we long for that deeper relationship with you. And as we begin to think about what it means to move from death to life this morning, I pray that you will help us to grab hold of life in the midst of a world where death often grips us. All to your praise and glory and honor. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Well, I've posed the question before, if you could choose one moment uh, from the life or the ministry of Jesus where you could be present, where you could watch and observe what is going on, uh, what moment would you pick? And some of you have heard my response to that question. I would choose the scene at the beginning of Mark chapter 5, where Jesus and the disciples cross over the Sea of Galilee. They come to the region of the Gerasenes. We're talking Gentile territory. And when they step out of the boat, they are met by a man who is possessed by demons. In fact, his name is Legion because he is possessed by so many demons. The conversation between Jesus and the man, the healing, and then the conversations that follow are absolutely fascinating. Jesus cast the demons out of the man into a herd of pigs, who rush down the bank and are drowned in the Sea of Galilee. As the community becomes aware of what has happened, they come out and they beg Jesus to leave. The man who had been possessed by demons turns to Jesus and he begs Jesus that he might be able to go with Jesus and the disciples as they cross back over the lake. And Jesus turns to him and says, no, you cannot go with us. Rather, I need you to go back to your hometown. I need you to go back to this region and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. The incredible power of the touch of Jesus for this demon-possessed man. It's the story where I would love to be present watching what is going on. But the story that follows is just as fascinating. It's a rather lengthy reading, but again, in light of what is happening in our world right now, I think a very appropriate story for 
this morning. And so I want to invite you to hear the word of the Lord, beginning at Mark 5, verse 21. And as I read, especially notice phrases that are appropriate any time, but maybe especially appropriate today. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. And then one of the synagogue rulers, one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. And so Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had, and yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped. And she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. And so he turned around to the crowd and he asked, who touched my clothes? <laughs> you see the people crowding against you, the disciples answered, and yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. And then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told them and told him in particular, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, when they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him, and he went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means, Little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. I don't know if you've looked at your calendars recently or not, but Easter Sunday is April the 12th, four weeks from today. We don't know what holds uh, for our lives the next minute, much less the next week, the next four weeks. But as we anticipate Easter Sunday, we are beginning a new series today that we're calling Death to Life. In my judgment, such an appropriate theme, anytime we think about the resurrection of Jesus, anytime we think about Easter Sunday, anticipate Easter Sunday, I think an appropriate theme as we think about the newness of life that Jesus brings every day. In the midst of the chaos and the death, we experience the newness of life that Jesus brings every day. But again, 
in recognition of the uncertain times that we're living in right now may be especially an appropriate theme. Given fear and uncertainty that is growing in our world, a theme of hope, death to life, to echo the words of Jesus in John chapter 11, words that he spoke to Martha, the sister of Lazarus, after her brother had died. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Martha, do you believe this? Maybe a question we ought to grapple with today as well. Do we really believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? It may also seem ironic in light of the coronavirus and the concern about human contact. It may also seem ironic that we ask you with several platforms this week on social media to respond to the phrase, I have seen the touch of Jesus. It's actually a series actually phrases that we've been pondering for a number of weeks as we anticipated this series coming together. I've seen the touch of Jesus. How? Where? In fact, let me invite you to think about some of the phrases that you saw on the video just a few moments ago. I have seen the touch of Jesus in my everyday life. I have seen the touch of Jesus through my teachers. I have seen the touch of Jesus in my mom because we started praying together. I have seen the touch of Jesus even in the death of my spouse. I have seen the touch of Jesus when he calms me in the middle of life's storms. And so this morning, where have you seen the touch of Jesus in your life? In this church, in our community, in our world? I really pray that we are reminded of those moments throughout this series and that we respond with profound gratitude. And even beyond that, may our eyes be open to seeing the touch of Jesus in our lives today and tomorrow and this week and this month, to seeing the touch of Jesus in our community, to embrace the touch of Jesus, to embrace the grace of God in our lives. Maybe one way to encourage that, this idea of looking to the future with faith rather than fear, maybe one way to encourage that is simply to hit the pause button for a moment and think about some of those moments in the Gospels where Jesus touches and blesses and heals people, especially when he touches and blesses and heals people that no one else wants to touch. For example, those who had leprosy would have been ostracized from their communities, would have been unclean. If you touched them, you became unclean. On several occasions in the Gospels, Jesus touches and heals those who had leprosy. I'm guessing some of those folks had likely experienced no human touch for years. Jesus touches and heals those who were blind. He touches and heals those who had all sorts of physical infirmities. He heals those who were possessed by demons. He engages in conversations with Samaritans, and a good Jew just didn't associate with Samaritans. He ate with tax collectors and sinners. Maybe you remember those three parables in Luke chapter 15, the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost boy, prefaced with Luke telling us that the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were criticizing Jesus because he chose to associate 
with tax collectors and sinners, as if to say, if this guy is anything close to what he claims to be, if he is from God, then he'd have nothing to do with these folks because, after all, God doesn't associate with sinners. And Jesus says, let me tell you a story. Let me remind you of who God is and what God is like. God, God goes looking for lost sheep and coins and boys and girls. God steps into a messy world. God touches the unclean because of the deep love that he has for all people. And as followers of Jesus, we too are challenged to step into a messy world, a world that is sometimes filled with panic and fear and uncertainty, but we're challenged to step into that world to be the presence of Christ to others, to bring peace in the midst of chaos, to bring hope in the midst of hopelessness and fear, to bless and to heal, to be open to people. In fact, I wonder how many people we have missed simply because we've not been looking for places where we can be the hands and feet of Jesus to others. And so in this reading from Mark chapter 5, when word comes to Jesus that this little daughter of Jairus has died, Jesus will say, don't be afraid, just believe. Let me invite the band and the team to come on back up. Jesus will say, don't be afraid, just believe. And he will go into that home with the mother and the father and with Peter, James, and John, and he will take the hand of that little 12-year-old girl who was dead and say, Little girl, I say to you, get up. The power of the touch of Jesus from death to life. But I want to remind you throughout this series, and I especially want to remind you today, that it's not just about physical death. Oh, we've got resurrection stories in the Gospels where people who have died physically are raised to life. We've even got some stories in the Old Testament where folks who died physically are raised to life. But it's far beyond just talking about physical death. Think about that metaphor of death and life as it applies to so many areas of life. The reality is we live in a world where death is tugging on us everywhere we turn. The fear of loss, the fear of disease, the loneliness and anxiety and discouragement and depression that we may all experience in so many areas of life, death is tugging on us. But the promise of Jesus is a promise of life, a promise of hope in the midst of all of those dark moments of life. It begins with the touch of heaven itself, the incarnation of Jesus, Jesus walking in our midst. In fact, let me be even this direct. In the midst of something like the coronavirus, we certainly want to exercise appropriate caution. In fact, we'd be foolish not to be people that exercise common sense. We want to exercise the appropriate caution. And that even extends to our worship gatherings. And so Joey and I probably won't hug for an extended period of time this morning may even relate to how we do communion, and I'll share more about that here in just a little bit. We want to use the appropriate cautions in our interactions with people, but using that metaphor again of life and death for a moment, what, may, may we never be afraid to extend the power of the touch of Jesus. 
And again, I hope you know that I'm talking about more than just physical death and physical life, and I'm talking about more than just physical touch. I'm talking about you and me stepping into a messy world just like Jesus has stepped into the messiness of our lives in order that folks might experience life where the only thing they can imagine is death. And so may we praise God for life and hope that we experience today because of Jesus. We sing hallelujah. We offer our praise and our thanksgiving to God. And so I want us to pause at this point in our assembly and simply offer that kind of praise to God because He has brought us from death to life. And as we do every Sunday, a couple of our shepherds will be here at the front. If we can pray for you, bless you, encourage, with you, encourage you in any way, please give us that opportunity this morning. Let's stand together as we sing. Have a seat. Well, that overall narrative from Mark chapter 5, there is another piece to the story. In fact, did you notice how two stories are woven together in that overall narrative? Uh, Jesus is on his way uh, to see a little girl who is sick. We discover as the story unfolds, he dies or she dies before he arrives. And maybe one reason, timing-wise, is because Jesus is interrupted by a woman who touches his garment. Let me read between the lines just a bit. According to the text, this woman had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Based on Old Testament regulations, she would have been unclean. And so even though she knew Jesus had the power to heal, she may have thought, there's no way that Jesus is ever going to touch me. He'll become unclean. There's no way he would ever reach out and touch me. She's been bleeding for 12 years. She's unclean. Likely, she cannot have children. And if that's the case, she cannot create life. She's tried everything she knows to try. She has spent all of her money on doctors, and nothing has worked. In fact, she is even worse. Metaphorically, the woman is dead. But her faith runs deep. If I can just get close enough to Jesus to touch his garments, I'll be healed. Some of you were here for the Ray Vanderlaan seminar a few weeks ago. You may recall Ray mentioning this text and referencing the fact that likely what the woman touched were the tassels on Jesus' garments, tassels that Jewish people would have worn on their garments that symbolized the presence of God, the protection of God, even the covering that the Lord provides. In fact, back in Old Testament uh, frameworks, there is reference to the significance of Jews wearing those tassels. Uh, these words, for example, from Numbers chapter 15. The Lord said to Moses, speak to the Israelites and say to them, throughout the generations to come, you are to make tassels on the corners of your garments with a blue cord on each tassel. You'll have these tassels to look at, and so you will remember all the commands of the Lord, that you may obey them and not prostitute yourselves by chasing, out the, uh, chasing after the lust of your own hearts and eyes. 
And then you will remember to obey all my commands and will be consecrated to your God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. This sense again of their commitment to God in the wearing of these tassels, but even beyond that, the power and the presence and the protection and the covering of God. And this woman's faith runs deep. Faith that Jesus is indeed the presence of God, that Jesus brings protection. And so if I can just touch his garments, I will be healed. And just like with some of those pieces of the conversation with the little girl's death, it is fascinating to watch this conversation unfold. She indeed gets close enough to touch his garments, and then Jesus says, who touched me? And the disciples are absolutely flabbergasted. What do you mean who touched you? Don't you see the crowd that is pressing against you? How can you ask and wonder who touched you? But Jesus continues to look around to see who touched his garments. And the text says the woman came, falling at his feet, trembling with fear, telling him the whole story. And Jesus said, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. You see, the touch of Jesus brought life both to a little 12-year-old girl who died and to a woman who had struggled with illness for 12 years. And the touch of Jesus brings life to us as well. Every time we celebrate communion, we are reminded of the touch of heaven, the touch of Jesus on the cross. But may we also be reminded as we share communion of the faith of the woman who was willing to run to Jesus, just like I pray that we're willing to run to Jesus, that we reach out to touch Jesus. May we be encouraged in both of those directions this morning, that in the most profound ways imaginable, Jesus has touched our lives and he has brought healing. And we are invited every time we break the bread and drink the cup to run to Jesus again. Now, if you're a part of the Monterey family, you likely received an email on Friday afternoon. Again, in the midst of all that is going on in our world, we want to be a people who exercise good stewardship and good caution. And the reality is, as we are touching the bread of communion and breaking pieces off, uh, we may well be coming in contact with things we don't want to come in contact with. And I don't say that to scare us. I say that to say again, we want to be a people who exercise good caution. And so today, as we celebrate communion, we're going to do so at stations where you will serve yourself. There are trays at the front that include uh, the cups of grape juice, but there are also similar cups where there is a piece of bread. And so we would invite you to come here in just a moment and serve yourself. But be aware, even as we talk about appropriate precautions, be aware that Jesus is reaching out and touching us. And we give thanks. Pray with me as we pray for the bread and the cup this morning. Father, you amaze us that you, through Jesus, stepped into a world that is messy and unclean and you have brought life in the midst of death. God, as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we remember the price that was paid 
when we give you our thanks. And in turn, God, may we witness that kind of newness of life to our world, bringing hope and peace in the midst of all of the storms that we may encounter. In the name of Jesus, we pray.